Hello and welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Each week, we bring you the most interesting conversations from around the media industry. And today, we'll be talking about the key ingredients to grow a media startup with lessons from a media accelerator in Latin America. Velocidad was launched two years ago by Sembra Media and facilitated by the International Centre for Journalists. As Sembra Media's recent Inflection Point study found out, and we discussed this last week, it is independent media that can have the most social impact in countries where press freedom is under threat. The trouble is that they're often launched by journalists with little business expertise and they have very little funding to help them innovate. Velocidad sought to fix this problem by making $1.5 million available to 10 organisations in Latin America through the philanthropic group Luminate. The accelerator also included business consultancy to help these organisations reach their true potential. One of the grantees we're speaking to today is Paraguayan news outlet El Surtidur. The co-founder and editor Yasmin Acuna tells us how Velocidad helped them fast-track new revenue streams which make use of their expertise in visual storytelling. We'll also hear from Sembra Media's co-founder Janine Warner, who gives us a broader context on media startups and what they must do to survive and thrive today. All of this is coming up next, after a quick word on the sponsor of this episode. This journalism.co.uk podcast is supported by Memberful, which is the easiest way to sell memberships to your audience. You can monetize your fantastic newsletters through Memberful with no need to connect to a third-party email provider. Try it for free on memberful.com, where you can also take up pro and premium plans to really start cranking up and customizing your membership offering. Janine, Yasmin, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. It's, it's great to have you both on the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, Yasmin, let me come to you first. How are things in Paraguay? How's work? Uh, things are okay. Um, very nice to be here, Jacob. Hi, Janine. We're, um, yeah, still getting through the pandemic, um, but we're all right. Working from home these days, back in the office? What's the work set up like? I'm, I'm back in the office. I'm back in the office, yeah. And uh, how are you finding the transition back? Um, a bit weird, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're managing. Uh, did you miss it then? Um, yes, I did. Definitely. I miss I miss um, our space. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, Janine, how's work? How are things going? Unlike Jasmine, who's used to working in office with a very close team, I'm sure you're glad to be back with your friends at El Surti. I actually have worked from a home office since long before the pandemic. So I'm very used to being based in one country and working with people in 30 other countries in a virtual way. Uh, I do miss traveling, which I'm looking forward to starting again. If all goes well, I will begin traveling again in February with a trip down to Argentina, where most of our operations team is based. Right, right. I hear that. Um, Janine, we're here to talk today about Velocidad, um, which we took a look at back in 2019. Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Velocidad uh, means speed uh, in, in English. Um, and uh, as I understand it, the, the premise of this accelerator was that um, greater financial independence would contribute to greater editorial independence. So the idea was very much to get media startups in Latin America on the fast track to innovate their business models. Am I kind of along the right lines here? Absolutely. And only because I'm such a stickler for words, I would say velocidad can mean speed. It also means velocity. The, the idea of velocidad was to help these smart groups of journalists and creative people like you find at El Surti, who had started an organization usually with very limited resources and built up to having a little bit of an audience, a little bit of revenue, help them just 
take off, give them the velocity to take off to the next level of what we call business maturity. So they could have the financial security to maintain their editorial independence for years to come. That's really the overall goal. Right, right. And, um, you know, I, I know you touched on this, but why startups like El Surti? Well, early in the days of Summer Media, and, and really before we even started Summer Media, I had been working as a consultant with big media organizations, and I became increasingly aware of these almost exclusively journalist-led startups. Some of them are started with a team of people that might have a little business or a little technical experience, but most of them tend to be started by people who are very socially minded, very focused on a mission and an audience and a community, speaking truth to power, doing investigative journalism, doing other kinds of journalism that traditionally wasn't being done in their markets. Many of these startup media, as they're often called, even though some of them are more than 20 years old, emerge to fill a news desert or a news hole or to cover a community nobody else was. But because they're started principally by journalists, they don't tend to have a lot of business and technology experience. And so a lot of Velocidad was about trying to help balance the skills and the resources available to these socially focused startups so that they could become healthy, more balanced organizations to better fulfill their mission in the long run. El Surti Dua, El Surti for short, in case you hadn't noticed, is six years old. In that time, it's become well known for its striking visual journalism and illustrations. Imagine it as a mix of quality reporting and references from meme and pop culture, if you can. It's a small newsroom of editors, illustrators, designers and reporters, and they were selected for Velocidad because of its promising stance on informing young audiences to help mobilise social change in the future, especially on the topic of the climate crisis. It's reporting on the wildfires in the Grand Chaco, the second most diverse ecosystem in Latin America, is a good example of this. Paraguayan news audiences especially have come to recognise how important El Surti is because many other news outlets fall victim to media capture when they're bought out by private or state investors, which changes their editorial output drastically. The state of press freedom in Paraguay could be described as one characterised by media capture. What's media capture? Um, it means when money takes over, over news, um, when private firms, not more than four private firms, control what's said and what's not. And that's the, the media landscape right now in Paraguay. Not more than four or three uh, private enterprises control most media outlets. And also these media outlets are not really delivering news, thinking about younger audiences, um, which young people are, are actually the largest proportion of the population. And yeah, um, and that's a crucial opportunity for social change. Um, and we believe that media organizations, news outlets um, are not really taking that into consideration. So that's how um, we started El Surti and Velocidad has been key because they, the program has obliged us to look at how to become sustainable. So actually, we have put time and effort into thinking about how can we survive amidst this, um, um, this media landscape. Excellent. Uh, Janine, let me bring you back in here. Thinking about um, Yasmin's kind of response there, what was, you know, looking at Latin America two years ago, what was the impact you felt you could have, um, Sembra Media? Um, and what was the work that you really felt you needed to do? I think one thing we should put in context is that we started Velocidad just before the pandemic. 
And it was certainly shaped by the pandemic, but we had a unique advantage that we were already by nature a virtual accelerator. The idea was to accelerate media in place so that lovely young team that runs El Surte in Paraguay could stay in Paraguay, even though some of the consultants that worked with them were in Europe and some are in Argentina and some are in Mexico and um, they could get advice from lots of different places. And one of the first things that the team that worked with El Surte realized was that they are in a relatively small country. What's the total population of Paraguay, Jasmine? Seven million people around. The total population of her country is seven million people. That's smaller than the city I live in. And I'm not even in the largest city in the United States. So the first thing we realized was that to monetize this relatively expensive storytelling, they're doing graphic novel type approach to storytelling, videos, and, and they do meme-a-thons to, to come up with really visual, stimulating, exciting even entertaining as they are informative news pieces for their young audience. We realized they could draw on support from more than just their country. So even though their primary audience historically has been in Paraguay, the clients that they serve today, in large part because the team at Velocidad recognized that they could provide a service that would be interesting to people outside of Paraguay. And like many of the small media organizations we work with, one of the ways that El Surti makes money is by using the talents of their team to produce visually graphic storytelling content for private clients. And that might go on somebody's YouTube channel, it might go on their Instagram page, it might go on the website of a client. And those clients might be corporations, they might be other nonprofit organizations, they might even be socially minded people who are drawn to Surti's specialty in reaching that audience. That's something we see not only at Surti, but many of these independent media that we work with. So the first thing with El Surti was helping them realize they already had a bunch of talents that they could sell as a service and then use those funds to create the wonderful work they were doing for their audience, but that their audience for clients was much bigger than the 7 million people in Paraguay was key. What she was talking about is um, our new consulting um, unit um, in communication services. Um, but also, yeah, Velocidad, they asked us to leverage that ability to turn information into compelling visual pieces and, and use that to become more sustainable. Um, another example um, was Latinográficas. Um, Felicidad invited us to go regional. Um, but just uh, Latinográficas is a regional program um, to foster visual journalism in Latin America. And the consulting team at Velocidad, they help us understand that what we can do can be very useful to other newsrooms as well in Latin America. Um, that we could give something to the region. Uh, we could give them the tools to enhance visual production in their teams, um, combining uh, that with quality journalism, the excellent journalism that the region is already producing. Um, and combine that with the power of images, you know, to attract uh, to attract more people um, to read their stories. Um, Velocidad, they also help us systematize what we do in order to share to share that with others. Um, we had to look and improve our internal dynamics, our workflows, our models, and that was key to putting up the regional program. And, and it could be a revenue source for, for El Surti. And, and, Right now, it has become a cornerstone of our business model. The question I want to kind of ask on the back of that, these things you're talking about, is it a case of you would have never thought of these things or you just 
wouldn't have had the the time, the bandwidth, the resources to think about it? Um, going regional was something that we wanted to do, right? But uh, we didn't have the time, definitely, or we thought we didn't have the time, and and velocidad they gave us the support to actually um, put into practice something that we already wanted, and they help us um, shape shape that program, um, which was yeah fundamental to um, delivering it. Yeah, is there is there any kind of like one thing you can look back on and say you know we wouldn't have thought of that without Velocidad? Yeah, so I think the whole program. <laughs> I think the whole program was key to that, definitely. We wouldn't have thought that we could have so many collaborators um, into the program. Our um, our consultant gave us names of people that we can bring into the program that could give master classes. And uh, we'll think, um, will they actually join us? I, will they join into Latinográficas? And all of them said yes. People like Joe Sacco, who's a visual reporter that we deeply admire. I'm a big fan. Um, if people don't know who Joe Sacco is, you should Google him. And and well, he was the, our first our first um, uh, teacher <laughs> at Latinográficas. Yeah. Thinking about Velocidad, uh, you know, speeding up the, the the business model. How much would you estimate Velocidad has sped up your business model by? In terms of time time maybe we expected that we will grow as we have in 10 years and well that has happened i guess in two years i i don't if it's just, is it is this is the first time that somebody asks me uh, is asking me that so <laughs> granted it's an estimate but from your perspective um this is stuff you thought you'd be doing sort of 10 years down the line not to yeah like setting up a consulting unit that will sell communication services that's something that I wasn't expecting will happen, but I knew that maybe that will be something that we should do to become more sustainable. Or going regional, like we're thinking about going regional in our seventh year, and it has happened already. Like we are uh, finishing now the second edition of Latinográficas with nine fellows from all over the region, from Cuba, from places like Cuba, Venezuela, um brazil um and it's been amazing yeah janine that's not a bad testimony really they really are a standout in any group of um startups i want to be fair they're exceptional at el Surti. they deserve a lot of credit for this and we don't ever come in in a program like velocidad and try to tell them what to do we come in and we do an assessment and then we try to work with them to speed up to accelerate the process of development so they knew they might have clients outside their country. We just brought an international team that gave them introductions that made that faster. They knew that they were doing some things other people could learn from. And an awful lot of what we do in Velocidad is what we call pick and shovel work. It's that basic foundational support that this creative group of people who came together in El Surti hadn't spent as much time defining roles and figuring out who was responsible for what and, and how to have a diverse set of skills doing accounting and sales and business development, as well as their beautiful visual storytelling. So a lot of what we did was, you know, organizational support, human resources support, leadership skills, um, and just some mundane administrative process things that in the end seem so simple and really can 
serve that foundation it lets them grow from there yeah okay uh, janine give me kind of one of each what's like the one ingredient to success when it comes to an, uh, an accelerator and maybe like what's one of the things which doesn't work well one of the things that i struggle with is everybody wants to know what's the recipe for how you make media sustainable and i have to say there's no step-by-step instructions but we are starting to find ingredients that are vital uh, and I've actually taken that recipe a step further, if you'll let me play, to the pizza metaphor I'm working on, which is if you think about it, we all like different toppings, but most of us agree there should be a crust. And that's where I would say you need a solid management team. You need some leadership skills. You need some clarity about decision making, who decides whether we invest in this project or not, who decides how we're going to hire new people and train them. Um, then you need a layer of technology. Since we work exclusively with what we call digital native media, we found that if they don't do technology well, they really can't do anything else as well as they should. So the sauce, I would say the secret sauce is tech really well. And then you sprinkle some cheese around the top. That's like the sales and business development people, people thinking about product development. And then on top of that, whether you put pineapple or you put Parmesan cheese or you put pepperoni, might depend on whether you're a vegetarian or not, or might depend on whether an agency is better or membership is better or advertising is better based on your audience and your team. So yeah, that foundational human resources, leadership, sales and business development, technology, that foundation has to be there. And if any of those foundational pieces aren't there, then the pepperoni kind of falls through the hole in the pizza. So I just took that metaphor to a tortured end because of you, but Imagine that Surti will help me turn that into a beautiful graphic one of these days. I just wanted to jump into that because I just agree with Janine that if they want to be sustainable, they have to think about their sales and investment team and they have to have one. And usually what happens with new media organizations, with independent news organizations, is that uh, um, we're just a bunch of journalists, designers and illustrators and, and we're good at what we do. We're sort of good. But we're definitely not so good about uh, thinking um, when it comes to numbers and sales and investment and growth and things like that. That's a core part of the organization and and any uh, project that wants to be sustainable. Okay, let's just recap on that pizza analogy because I think it's clever. Picture your pizza. Management is at the crust. You need that to be strong and well-formed because nothing else works without this, right? Not the sauce, the cheese, the toppings, it'll all go everywhere. And that's not a pizza fit to be served to a paying customer. Tech is the secret sauce. It's the base layer. It's what complements your cheese and toppings. The sales team are your cheese, binding everything together and it's just an essential ingredient. Your toppings are then whatever you want it to be. It's what will attract people to order your pizza instead of another, from the editorial product to the vehicle of delivery. My question to Yasmin is, why is it hard for media startups to nail the perfect recipe all on their own? Why do they need help? I learned that I had to be less of a reporter and more of a project manager through Velocidad. And it's a sacrifice that sometimes journalists don't want to make because they think that they want to do journalism. But it's a, at a moment you have to decide if you're, gonna, if you're also going to put effort and time into thinking about the future of your organization and the people that you work with and that you're responsible for. I guess that we did well into changing that mindset. I put off my desire of just being a reporter and an editor and now um, 
more of a yeah a director and and that means also thinking about okay we need more people in the sales and investment team before velocidad we only had one person in charge of accountability but that's just one that's just one part of of the of the whole structure and now we have four people and and actually those four people are um they're now occupying the newsroom <laughs> where we used to be eight journalists and designers right now they're right there and now we're all over the place <laughs> but they they took over your accountants took over your newsroom is that what you're saying yeah 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 they're using that that was the biggest room and they needed that room because they have so many papers and they have like um yeah uh, computers all over the place but our our house is big so journalists and designers we still have <laughs> it's not like we have been misplaced a lot of what we do in Velocidad and in Summer Media in general with the journalists we work with and all our training is, is exactly what she was saying, kind of trying to change the chip in their head. Never to say that journalism is not the most important thing, but that other things in the organization also have to be important or you run out of bandwidth to do the journalism. A lot of these start with volunteers and become financially viable organizations if they get the right help along the way. And if they don't, a lot of times those teams of volunteers burn out and can't continue for years to come, or they get media captured, as she described many of the traditional media in her country. Somebody wealthy comes along, buys them up, and their editorial focus changes quite a bit. So when I talk to people about what we do at Velocidad and the other media accelerators we do, and I start talking about all the time we spend on accounting, and all the time we spend on human resources, and all the time we spend on processes, and people say, but aren't you trying to help them make more money? And I say, yes. But you have to understand that their biggest mistake is also the thing they do best, right? They all focus on journalism first. And I never want to take somebody as talented as Jasmine away from journalism. Jasmine, I really want to encourage you to find time to do your brilliant journalism. And then to decide if you want to evolve into being the director of your organization, or if you want to hire other people who can do some of that management so you can do more journalism. And I've seen it go both ways. I've seen journalists become stronger managers and become the lead. And I've seen journalists find partners who are more business focused and share that responsibility. And both of those can work. But at the end of the day, all this work to strengthen your organization is to try and help you more do more journalism, just not only put your attention. A question I'd like to kind of put to both of you is that when we talk about, I don't know, accelerators of any kind, in, in some way you kind of start to think, well, what does the future look like uh, of, of journalism, and is this going to be necessary long term? Oh, I think I think that they'll be even more necessary um, in the years to come. We're at the moment where we're trying to figure out how to survive, and and the threats are ever growing as well. The threats against press freedom in the region. So I think we're going to need also accelerators that take that into account. Um, how do we keep ourselves safe? It's not the situation right now in Paraguay, we're not as bad as other countries in, in the region, but I think we're at a moment where we have to, we have to think about our financial survival and, not, and also our, our legal survivor and, and, and legal strategies you know, to, to defend ourselves. Janine, anything to add on that one? Yeah, she's not alone in those kinds of threats. And, you know, when I talk to other people who work with entrepreneurs, it's always hard to explain that not only are these socially minded entrepreneurs who start with limited business experience, some of them have more. I don't mean to disparage them. They're smart and they learn fast and they have great business minds when they get a chance to work on them. But they start with generally not an MBA degree and not a lot of investment. 
And then on top of that, many of them are harassed online on a regular, if not daily basis. Some of them are physically threatened. Some of them are physically attacked. Some of them risk being imprisoned. Some of them have to leave their countries to keep from being in prison. But if you're talking about a country like Venezuela, where the media capture is all but complete and the independent media, literally most of their leaders can't live in that country and do their work without being arrested. Or Mexico, where on average one journalist a month is killed for the work they do, usually in small media organizations in rural areas where they're covering corruption and drug trafficking. So these aren't just entrepreneurs up against all odds because all entrepreneurs are up against all odds. These are entrepreneurs who are fighting very real forces, risking their lives and their livelihoods is how I often describe them. Yasmin, uh, as we as we kind of think about the last few questions here, um, I want to go back to where I prefaced my first question to Janine, which is that the mission of Velocidad was really that um, greater financial independence would give you greater editorial independence. And, and really, my, my question is more, are you kind of starting to see that happen really now? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, we can think ahead and that gives us more um, confidence in our reporting. And, and yeah, like it's important to actually see yourself in five years, to see the organization in five years and and see how that's going to happen and where we're going to get the money from you know to stay to stay afloat and and for sure that allows us to think about longer term research projects um collaborations um and and yeah independent reporting yasmin i kind of want to go back to what you said about transitioning from being a reporter to a project manager um, for anyone else making that transition, what would be kind of your best piece of advice? What's the, the key skills needed to be a project manager thinking about digital growth and kind of the journey you've been on in the last two years? I will say it's really important to know things about resource management, human resources management, definitely. Um, I used to, two or three years ago, I used to work as a reporter and I used to see my colleagues in a more horizontal way. And well, now I can see the hierarchy and now I've learned and I'm learning that I'm responsible for a team. Um, and I think that comes with, yeah, that comes with duties and, and you have to fulfill those duties. Definitely nobody will for you. And, and they really need to see you as a, yeah, as a leader, uh, somebody that orients their work, um, allows for feedback listens to them and resolves issues like because a lot of issues come up in a newsroom in a news organization it's up to us you know um the best way to solve them so yeah human resources management that's a key aspect of my work nowadays i have to jump in here because one of the learnings for us from velocidad and to help you put this in perspective, we had two kinds of consultants on this accelerator. We had what we called strategic consultants that worked with someone like Jasmine from beginning to end of the program, did an assessment, helped her come up with an action plan, helped her think about where they should put their energy. And then we had a list of more than 40 tactical consultants that came in and helped with everything from search engine optimization and programmatic advertising to human resources management. And the thing that surprised me at the end was that of all those 40 tactical consultants, the most popular one was the human resources person. The one that came in and taught people like Jasmine how to be better leaders, taught them how to treat their colleagues with respect in a horizontal structure 
but still make decisions in a more hierarchical way and really helped her stretch to developing leadership skills true to her journalistic nature and true to the ethics that she has. It was really a fascinating part of this process, but by far the most popular consultant that we offered them when they had a choice was give us more of that leadership and human resources support. That That's pretty astounding because what that kind of tells me is that if you're trying to navigate any kind of technical solution, the key skill there is is kind of an interpersonal, social, physical one, right? I mean, you can have all the technical know-how in the world if you yourself cannot be an effective manager, be an effective people person, basically, it's going to be difficult. It's even more complicated for these digital native startups. If you think about it, historically, when I worked at a newspaper, I worked at the Miami Herald, right? Somebody does the story, somebody else lays it out, then they pass it on to someone else, pass it on to somebody else. What El Sorti and many of the other media we work with require much more interactive teams. Somebody's doing content and somebody's doing design and somebody's figuring out what technology and somebody's got to make the back end from the front end work. And that takes a level of coordination among people with very different skill sets that actually is more demanding than what managers historically had to do in most media organizations. And it keeps changing. Like you've also got to keep learning new skills and finding more people to help you with it. And there's a shortage of those skills. So managing during change and growth is hard enough, but doing that when you don't have a management background or any management experience at all, as many of these people were journalists or reporters or editors who left their day jobs to start new media organizations that did something different than the place they worked, they're building those skills as they grow and develop. That's a lot to do at once. And Jasmine, you're a real standout. Let me let me kind of end with one direct question to you, Janine. When it comes to running an accelerator like this, um, what's the main skill that you need at the top to actually uh, execute through on the on the mission from your perspective? <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, you know, like anybody running a startup, basically my nonprofit is a startup that I helped, I co-founded. So I wear all the hats of a startup. I think empathy is the big word I would use. And I'm not alone. I mean, everyone from Google to others who have studied team dynamic and looked at what really makes teams effective finds that empathy is a really key element. Many of the things that in the US or Western Europe we take for granted as tools and services simply are not available in some of the countries we work in. So being able to help them through that process as they grow and develop is vital. And and for us, it takes empathy and humility and understanding what they're going through to be able to reach out and say, I've been there. I'm a journalist first like you. The journalism is the most important. And Financial security is what's going to help you defend against that unexpected unfair lawsuit or defend against that audit that goes on for years because governments can do that to them or literally put up a bulletproof door if that's what you need. We want you to have the financial security to have the independence to do the journalism that matters. That's a really good place to leave it, I think. Um, Janine, Yasmin, this has been an absolute blast and it's been a pleasure to speak to you both. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob. Really great to talk to Yasmin and Janine for this one. Both gave me lots to think about. But I think the lesson for media startups anywhere are these couple of questions. What are you good at? What doors do you need to open to maximise that potential? And who could you reach out to speed up that process? Then second, think about the different layers of your company, the pizza analogy, to be able to execute on that vision. Management, tech, sales and product all need to follow the same recipe. 
If you like what you heard today, you can find more of our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the Journalism Booker UK podcast. If you'd like to feature on the show, do drop me an email on jacob at journalismbooker.uk and I'd also love to hear any thoughts that you have on today's show. But that's all we have time for today. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.